Welcome to the High at Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah, everybody. Good morning. Hope everyone is having an amazing Wednesday. It's Wednesday, January 18th, and today is National Thesaurus Day, National Peking Duck Day, National Michigan Day. Shout out to all my Michiganders out there. National Winnie the Pooh Day. And of course, get ready for this one, Gretchen. It's National Thesaurus Day. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms, especially right here on YouTube. We're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us via Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, let's pay a quick bill so we can get right back to the news. couldn't get in the motherfucking room i was knocking on the outside i was knocking i heard you knocking you can't come in like y'all kicked me out man oh man so oh man poor rico poor rico all right you out i was trying to keep you out do something you want to go go first rico you want me to go first uh let me intro you all right go for it yeah sorry about that i wasn't able to get in and no I can worries. configure my audio on the back. If you had any green street wheeling and dealing, smoking on the best weed in the world, there's no telling where the longest continuously operating retailer in the game might pop up next. It might be Detroit, where they call him White Gucci Mar-a-Lago, getting his spray tan on with wannabe dictators, or maybe even West Hollywood, the capital of cannabis tourism, where he was elected president by confused locals who had no idea what the fuck they were even voting for. Y'all know who it is. Coming to the stage with the... First story of the day, my co-host in the industry's very own Kaiser Brose, Jason Beck. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Rico. I don't, I don't think any of them were confused. By the way, just, just for the record, just for the record. But nonetheless, my story comes out of Missouri because we always make sure that all letters are included because. It's just important that way. But out here in Missouri, the first marijuana expungement cases are laying the groundwork for reform. A Case County courtroom could be one of the first places in the state to let someone out of prison by expunging a previous marijuana conviction, previous convictions for people who have already finished sentences or have past felony or misdemeanor charges are automatically deleted over the course of the year, according to the language in the amendment Missouri voters passed back in 2022. Studies show where the most well, studies show where the most generous Missourians live. But but people who are in prison or parole or on probation have to file a petition to have their court expunge their case, which introduces procedures that might not be explicitly defined by law. In a quote, even though it's a very long constitutional amendment, it does cover everything, said lawyer Jason Ortiz. 
So sometimes notice periods, things that you would normally find in normal statutes or laws aren't present here. Ortiz is representing Adam Mace, who is who is roughly three years into a five year sentence related to marijuana possession charges from the mid 2000s. Mace's case is more complicated than most. He went to prison for 14 years ago after being responsible for a deadly DUI. He served 11 years that that uh, on that conviction, meaning that the only belief that's keeping him behind bars right now is for marijuana possession. It's left him to watch Missouri's legislature introduce bills to legalize medical and then adult use cannabis with his freedom potentially hanging in the balance. In a quote, it's a roller coaster ride, man, May said on a phone call from Angola Correctional Center. He realizes the irony that he's still in prison for marijuana, and at the same time, adults in Missouri will buy all different forms while local governments get tax revenue from it in February. He says it's frustrating to know that the state is generating revenue while having people incarcerated for the same exact thing, May said. Missouri's House adopts new uh, dress code for women. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry about that. The upside, says Ortiz, is that Mace has a compelling case, Adam, I believe qualifies under multiple areas of expungement portion of the amendment, Ortiz said. Ortiz says Mace's position, uh, possession charges was prosecuted under stricter guidelines because it happened in the mid-2000s. Since then, laws around cannabis have been relaxed. Still, though, since this case is one of the first to petition for expungement, the paperwork, timelines, and expectations are all being managed as the case plays out. The court, as well as, every, as everybody else, are trying to figure out the best way to do it, Ortiz said, and Mesa's court hearing was supposed to be on January 12th, but it's been moved back a week because of a scheduling conflict within the court. Well, I think this is going to be a very interesting road to, for the judicial system to be following along in regards with Missouri's expungement of cannabis cases. And I really want to hear what Dale has to say about this, because you're pretty familiar with the policies and procedures of being in a courtroom and what actually entails to actually get through a, a, a program like this. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do you all have to say? Well, I'll respond to you first, Jason, that expungement generally exists across the country uh, for certain types of crimes, especially misdemeanors, things like that. And when they bring in the it, it's basically a social justice incorporation into a law change that we want to expunge a record. And what I mean, my office does expungement. So we deal with some of this stuff that the prosecutors reluctant to just wipe something clean because you rarely get uh, a plea bargain without dropping something out. Yep. Okay. And if you've dropped something out that would have been considered had you not had the possession, there would be different situation. And in my book, since I got a felony, it's like, fuck you. They said, get rid of this shit and stop playing these games. But you can't say that in court in front of the judge. I mean, I could, but I'd end up in the holding cell. So you have to try to deal with this and not get too deep into it that the procedures of bringing them into court and forcing them are where we have to go. California has an automatic provision for expungement. You don't have to do anything more than if you've got this on your record, it should be taken out. And yet we still have to go in and rattle the DAs and tell them, look, why haven't you done this? Why are we having to bring these motions? Why is the court involved? You should have just done this sua sponte and gotten rid of it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a pro it's a progress here that has room for all sorts of insults to everybody involved. But as a convicted felon, I know just stop this shit. Just get over it. There's a pathway that's easier what we've got. I mean, it's, it says it says that his 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 hearing already got uh, postponed a week. So I guess that in Missouri's there is no thing within the expungement process of, in regards to waiving time, huh, Dale? Well, waiving time has to do with your pre-trial, uh, with your, your trial and mm -hmm. your preliminary hearing, even in the criminal sense. You can waive that time because there are court-mandated and constitutional uh, restrictions on what you can do with people. If they want a speedy trial, you got to give them a speedy trial. After you're convicted, everything slows up because you're in custody. You're not going nowhere. And if they kick it for a week or a month or whatever, it's like you ain't going nowhere. Uh, 
But when you're in custody, I can tell you every second that clock ticks. It's like, why in the fuck am I not out of here? Yeah, not only is the state making money off of um uh, off of the weed that they're selling, but they're also making money off housing this guy. Well, of course, you have to fund them, and that I mean those those are bigger issues. You can't just pull a plug on funding. They're there. You got to census you got to meet there's so much money flows for that blah 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 it's private business it's corporations run too much of this shit that has nothing to do with the rights of these individuals when you're in custody now i, I was in custody when they changed the minimum standards for crack they went back and changed that mm-hmm. they literally went into somebody's cell and said you're out of here be there get into street clothes you can no longer be here they can do this quickly if they're told to by the courts but they have a choice they drag their feet and you know, they think of all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't do it. I'll kick it for a week or a month. It'll be fine. Yeah. Very, very true. What do you think about this, Rico? Missouri expungements. Free them all. Free them all. <laughs> free them all. Just, just free, them all, free out. them all. Yeah. Let them all out. Uh, expunge all of the records all in one fell sweat. Uh, but is there anything like uh, the shit went down here? In uh, California, guarantees uh, the majority of them doesn't even matter if they're new ones. They're probably on paper, and you can't mm-hmm. do that. You can't do it. Uh, um, my mic don't sound right. How's it? You probably can't do it in one fell swipe, um, like mm-hmm. uh, like California did. We tried to do that shit, and they found an extra was it one hundred fifty thousand, mm-hmm. like a year later after all of that. So. It's going to be a messy process, and the only way to do it is just cancel out all that. If you ever see anything, uh, a past conviction on cannabis, marijuana, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Dale, I have a question for you. So yeah. logistically, paper trail-wise, whatever, is it easier for people to have to apply for these things? Wouldn't it be easier just to let everyone out? I mean, I don't understand why it's so difficult. Why well, because it's go with the, the worst letter method instead. The words let everybody out means that there are procedures to um, actually clean the records up. You have to have a court issue an order. So in California, the DAs were required to go look at their cases. And if there was no other issues, you were required to present that to the court for an order to take this off their record. So when you say just let them out, well, they have uh, an order to put them in there. You've got to get an order to let them out. So expungement comes with procedures. And that's where we've seen the foot dragging. So how is this complicated when someone has multiple charges that are not all cannabis related? Well, let, let's say that, um, and, and this is in California's example, before our expungement, we change this to a misdemeanor. Let's say you're busted. And one of the things you're busted for is growing weed. It's a felony. Okay. You don't have any of the other defenses, excuses. You've got that. It's an easy felony, but there's other things that are harder to prove that might prove that you're a, a crazy son of a bitch like this guy that, they're accusing in Idaho. You have no idea. This guy's crazy motherfucker or, or not, but it's easy to get him in jail with a, a cannabis conviction. He pleads to it. The other things get taken off the record at that point. So if, if there's suspicion, in the record, this guy's, this guy's crazy. He's a non-agreeable male. He's going to can fight you everywhere. We got to watch him closely. We're going to let him out. Inside the system, they're going, hey, we know this guy's a time bomb ready to go off. What do we do? But they see time bombs in everybody. And basically, if it was me and Rico being considered, I would be let go and Rico wouldn't because, you know, these black guys, you got to watch them. You know, this is the kind of shit you deal with inside of a system that continues to lock people up uh, disproportionately because they look scary to them. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what we see here. Any other, any other comments on that, Gretchen? Thoughts, opinions, shade. I'm good. Move okay. along. All right, all right, all right. Adam, you, you got any thoughts on this? Adam this is your first time with us. We got the highest host, Adam Mill, with us in the building. Oh uh, yeah. I like Rico said, free them all unless they violent criminals, man. Yep. All right, all right. Free them all. Thank you for having me. Violent by criminals. The way. No worries. We're glad to have you today. Thanks for. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for getting dressed up us. for us today, too, Adam. Thank you. So glad Thank you're you. here. Yes. <laughs> your, hair, yes. your hair looks so uh, so so vibrant today, man. Can I say that? Oh, it's yeah. the CBD, right? It's, it's yeah. completely it's my CBD conditioner. 
right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess, Mandy, your company shipped uh, something on time, huh? Yeah, oh, we did. I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Hey. <laughs> hey, shout out. Um, coming up next, we have the dope dad himself. When it's tea time with a little one, you can find him sitting Indian style on the floor, <laughs> sipping racist. tea with his pinkies up, counting crumpets and crackers, and stacking them like poker chips. When you can find him at a TEDx convention, you can find him talking and passing out crackers at a TEDx convention because grown-ass adults need snacks. That's right. It is the dope dad himself. Rico Meat. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. So my headline today is from the street by Daniel Klein. Off Las Vegas Strip Cannabis Hotel has another adult surprise. It doesn't take long for Las Vegas tourists over the last couple of years to realize legal weeds officially landed in Sin City. When you're walking down the strip and smell weed smoke everywhere you go, you know what time it is. But one thing you may not know people smoking are actually breaking the law. Every last one of them. Currently, recreational consumption is legal in Las Vegas, but you can only partake in private residences. It's a created a huge problem for law enforcement and entrepreneurs alike, but behind the scenes, Vegas and the state of Nevada have been working diligently to iron out the kinks in their confusing cannabis laws. And the rules are now in place for the launch of consumption lounges across the state. And in addition to those, the company, uh, one company plans to open Vegas's first cannabis-friendly hotel with a twist. Last year, Elevations, uh, Elevations Hotels and Resort CEO Alex Risk purchased a 64-room artisan hotel for $11.9 million. The company already owns the cannabis-friendly Clarendon Hotel in Phoenix, and they're doing it again in Vegas. Risk said Tuesday the property would reopen as the Lexi in early April, and guests will be able to smoke cannabis in some rooms, but not in the hotel's common areas. Per the Clarendon's website, um, in their cannabis-friendly rooms, they're allowing vaping dabbing flour but not tobacco products due to the lasting smell of uh and residue since they're currently a split-use hotel and cannabis and non-smoking rooms they ask that any smoking take place in the cannabis friendly rooms and not in public areas of the hotel and vapes and smokeless products can be used in outdoor public areas not including uh, not including the restaurant but a wise man in vegas once told me if you ain't sinning you ain't winning and on the website for the newly rechristened lexi property you can see the same verbiage with a little something different on their list of amenities, a topless pool. Tokes and titties, anybody? Some Vegas day clubs allow women to be topless in Caesars MGM and win, uh, to name a few. Uh, but the one edge the Lexi will have on over the rest of the Vegas Consumption Lounge competition sure to pop up over the next year as a time-tested strategy of mammaries and marijuana. Here's the, uh, what the updated blurb on their website says. The pool at the Artisan Hotel is an exotic getaway where you can party in a private cabana or show off your overside daybed assets <laughs> surrounded by swaying palm trees. During the Las Vegas pool parties, the deck comes alive with magical beats and shimmering lights. Call ahead for VIP reservations. In an interview with the Las Vegas Journal, Risk said that he wants to make it cl a classy experience and keep that vibe going. And um, he wants to keep the mischievous attitude, um, but also... Keep sure and make sure that the sexiness of the hotel is preserved. But we want to keep it classy and class it up from where it was before. For everybody who doesn't know, the Artisan Hotel was actually a lifestyle hotel, an adult lifestyle hotel where swinger, uh, swingers parties were actually held. And a lot of cannabis uh, parties uh, were procured at the establishment, too. Um, when we went public back in uh, 2018 at Baker uh, Technologies, we and a couple of other uh, folks rented out the whole damn thing. We smoked it the fuck out, too. But I'll tell y'all what, man. I think nothing is more American than blunts and boobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading the, the dopest dad on the street for, uh, for High at Nine News. And I'd like to hear what the rest of the team has to say about this one. Jason, are we going to be showing up to the Lexi? <laughs> I mean, this, this, this hotel already sounds lame AF to me. Okay. Facts. Lame AF to me. I was really excited to like sit in the lobby and just, you know, smoke a few of my friends in like a, in like a cigar lounge type of setting right. while I'm waiting on others to come and check in. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, that's what I was waiting for to be able to do. But if you're telling me that you can't smoke in the common areas, then this place should not even be a cannabis hotel. Thank you. Like, this is Thank stupid. You. How are you going to call is- yourself a cannabis hotel and you can't smoke in the hotel just in your room? Like, yeah, I was doing that with you back at the win. We're in exactly. The rooms. Like I'm already yeah. smoking in rooms. And right. I already smoke weed regularly. I smoke on the streets. Stop me. What the hell? You guys, it's probably one of those situations where they have to say that this is the policy, but it's not yeah. going to really be enforced. I don't buy that. I think they're going to enforce it. And I think they're going to have little security guard people with little earpieces walking around and telling people they can't <laughs> smoke in there. You know what? <laughs> no one cancels anybody or anything more hardcore than the cannabis industry so that hotel better yeah. figure some shit out quick yes Rico, did it say um where this place is going to be located actually have you been in any um uh, the artisan hotel is like right off the strip um <laughs> i can't remember exactly where on the strip it is but it's um but it is on the strip as a blunts and butt guy, how are you going to tell me not to smoke blunts in the hotel, dude? Like, blunts is, is essential to the cannabis culture. No tobacco, bro. No tobacco. Yeah, no tobacco, no man. Tobacco, yo. Yeah, yeah, fuck no tobacco, yeah. son. Yeah, yep. fuck your hotel. Yep. Somebody once told me. Somebody once told me if it's if it's a, if it's if it's not a if it's not tobacco, it's not a blunt, right? Yep. No, no brothers broadleafs, no backwoods, no <laughs> none of that. No fonta no leaves. Yeah. And I'm not checking in. Sorry. I think I think we should all go out there like at the next MJ Biz conference and just like bombard them with like a hundred stoners and all just like light up blunts and joints in their lobby and just kind of like flash mob them and then leave. I'm and, then show, and then just show them I've, your tips. I've actually smoked that BizCon walking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I, yeah. I, I, sm- I smoked a BizCon. I, I did an interview um yeah. for for some guys from Arizona. I remember that. Does, it, yes. does anybody know do they even enforce the non-consumption? Like law, like if you're like smoking out in public, like if it's not inside of a casino. I just came back from uh, Vegas a couple weeks ago and um, I was at the Palazzo and I was right outside on the strip, just smoking. Security was walking by people. No one said anything. So security doesn't really care at the hotels, but you have to be really careful with law enforcement. Right. Just like in Sacramento, they don't care. They won't mess with you unless somebody is complaining and then they will just simply ask you to stop. Um, but no one's going to come out of their way. I mean, literally, I was having lunch a couple of weeks ago, smoking a joint 10 feet away from a police officer sitting in his vehicle. Mm. So, and, it, you know, I was 20 feet away from the entrance of, of the building and everything. Whatever. Nobody said a word. If, if Nick Bradley's with us, I know this comment's going to get them all stirred up. But uh, one thing I think everyone should know about Vegas is that the strip and where all the casinos are, that is all actually federal property. That is not state of Nevada property, and that is not really? private property. That is all actually subleased by the federal government. So, therefore, when law enforcement is enforcing laws, they are enforcing federal laws, not necessarily state laws. So, technically, you will never be able to legally, completely legally smoke on the Las Vegas Strip unless federal legalization drops, right? That's what we have to deschedule. It's very well, I don't even know if that'll happen because the casinos are totally against cannabis. So... Well, but but hold on. But the Mormon the Mormons control the casinos, and the Mormons are on board with cannabis. I'm, okay. Yeah, you're, you're and, and, and you're allowed. These are like really circumstantial, right? It's it's the policy or the rule, mm-hmm. but. I've smoked so many joints inside the Cosmopolitan, inside the wind. Yeah. Like I have smoked in all of these places. Yeah, I think I think you gave me a joint, and I was smoking a joint at at, at the Probably, Cosmo, just sitting yeah. at the chandelier bar smoking a joint. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, when, I, when I I'm waiting for this. a car in the valet or waiting for a lift in that area, I've I've never not smoked in Vegas. Listen, real smokers, we get high everywhere. It don't matter what yeah, the rules are. We are getting high. So I'm going to smoke you. indoors, and I'm not going to be treated like a second-class citizen. I'm smoking indoors right now. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Will, will you do it with no shirt on? I will. Ah. 100%. Listen well. I'll do it at the pool, no problem. Yep. All day. All day, all Top, night. Top, no. Let's oh, keep it moving. Yeah. Let's keep it moving here. Up next, she's a spicy redheaded conservative known in certain circles to dress her pit bulls up in pajamas. <laughs> and I also nice. heard from a little birdie that her Christmas tree just might still be up. <laughs> Y'all know who it is. Coming up next, it is the, <laughs> the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington insider, Gretchen 
the Red Scourge, Gailey. <laughs> Yay, Gretchen. Okay. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. My tree is not still up, uh, but I do put my dogs in pajamas. That is <laughs> My headline Poor comes dogs. from Marijuana Moment, uh, and the headline is Majority of American Voters, Including Most Republicans, Back Federal Marijuana Legalization and Social Equity, New Survey Finds. A strong majority of American voters, including most Republicans, Democrats, and independents, support legalizing marijuana in the federal level, according to a new poll, and majorities also back policies meant to promote equity in the industry. The survey from Data for Progress found that 65% of Americans are in favor of federally legalizing cannabis, a finding that's consistent with numerous polls that have been conducted over recent years. There's support for the reform across the political spectrum with 75% of Democrats, 67% of independents, and 52% of Republicans agreeing that cannabis prohibition should end. Data for Progress also asked about two key equity policies that were enacted as part of New York's marijuana legalization law, one that sets aside the initial round of cannabis business licenses for people who've been disproportionately harmed by the drug war, and another that allocates a portion of marijuana tax revenue for community reinvestment. About half of the total respondents in the survey were asked if the former policy should be adopted nationally, if cannabis is federally legalized, and the rest were asked about the latter. For the licensing prioritization question, 57% said they'd like to see licenses reserved for individuals from communities that were disproportionately impacted by the enforcement of cannabis prohibition, as is mandated under New York's program. This includes 69% of Democrats, 59% of Independents, and 43% of Republicans. Meanwhile, 65% of likely voters are in favor of the other proposal to direct a sizable portion of cannabis tax revenue to a grant fund for nonprofit uh, SAN governments to support community-based initiative programs such as job placement and skill services, substance use treatment programs, and financial literacy courses. There's bipartisan support for that policy, including 76% of Democrats, 70% of independents, and 51% of Republicans. Our polls show that voters are ready for the U.S. government to finally legalize the adult use of recreational marijuana, Data for Progress said in the analysis of their results. It also shows that when the U.S. government does legalize recreational marijuana, voters support passing equitable policies with it, that aid minority communities, including reserving dispensary licenses for individuals affected by cannabis prohibition and diverting portions of marijuana revenue to community grant funds. It is time for the U.S. government to right its previous wrongs from the failed war on drugs and legalize recreational marijuana while giving back to those communities uh, who were heavily affected. Um, I'm not so sure I really agree with their assessment uh, that Republicans are totally on board with social equity. Uh, especially given the results of the one poll was only at 43%. Uh, but like most libs, they like fuzzy numbers. This is Gretchen for High at Nine News. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, Gretchen. Most Democrats do like fuzzy numbers. They definitely do. But I'm most impressed. 43% of Republicans, 43% Republicans, of Republicans supporting this. Mm -hmm. a, I, it doesn't surprise number. me the the community grant proposal. I, honestly, I think that should be higher, given that most Republicans think that things should come from the community, uh, especially local municipalities, and not be relied upon from the federal government. Um, so I would think that number should be higher. You know, uh, um, I, I think you know it's a, the the majority of people like, like back social equity what is what are they are actually backing what is social equity just like a majority of americans believe that they're free right well rico what they're saying these people are backing are the two pol the only policies they were asked about were the new york policies so allocating right. specific licenses for folks affected by the drug war and for community grant programs that's how they're defining social equity to their to their to best the ability answers, do they, do they did they say that um that that with these with these policies um when they're when they're questioning them do they do they question where the grant money is they since they're supporting these grants oh dear when, lord but how about you ask a relevant yeah. question next <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, mean, let, let me jump in here because we do not live in a democracy and i don't 
Thank give you. two shits what the people in this in the country generally say. We support this percentage, that percentage. We live in a constitutional republic, and the minorities still have a lot of power in this country. And I'm not talking about racial minorities. The minority in this country is the Republican Party, and these less uh, heavily populated areas in the country, they have a level of, of political power disproportionate to their number of people. Okay, so you can't just look at this as, oh, everybody wants to do this. It, it hasn't happened because a lot of the power in this country is not based upon numbers. It's based upon where you live, what position you have. Okay, and don't forget, Enrico, we're going to talk about this, the dormant yep. commerce clause. Yep. It's coming. The Supreme Court's going to put a rubber stamp on it at some point. The cases have already been filed when you try to pass a law. I agree. We need to give people that have been run through the system for marijuana uh we need to put the thumb on the scale a little bit, but that is going to bring up some very conservative, strict constitutional questions mm-hmm. that are going to be tough to win in the courts. And social equity on a state level might be null and void. Could be. Yep. People oh. need to be people need to be talking about that. We brought it up. Um, I think we brought it up first. Um, <clears throat> was it like a Q3? Uh, last mm-hmm. year and everybody's like oh that ain't gonna happen that ain't gonna happen it looks like it just might be happening like straight up and if uh, social equity is not given a clear de- uh, definition on a federal level we might be saying goodbye to all state run social equity programming because it will be deemed unconstitutional oh that's gonna be interesting Ooh, that's going to be interesting. That's going to get a lot of people really mad. And I wonder if New York and New Jersey will go into a Twitter war about that again, too. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Matt Gates and Nancy Nancy will go into a Twitter war about that, Jason. Uh, They're not going to go into a Twitter war about that. They're two social equity applicants themselves, aren't they? What's that? They're, they're applicants for social equity Next. too. Oh what, God! What's this Stop minority it. sexual predators? Stop I mean, it! Stop it! Stop! Stop the ridiculousness! Stop the ridiculousness! <laughs> Stop the ridiculousness! There's no accuser. There's no crime. Stop all that ridiculousness. Yeah, all that extra, all that extraness. But we did, Doctor Felicia. Did you have a comment on this, Doctor Felicia, in the clubhouse audience? Yeah, I do. Hey, everybody. Uh, I agree with Dale. I agree with Dale. Uh, the power and the money is concentrated in the hands of few. And while the people believe that cannabis should be legal and that social equity is a thing and should be executed, I think that we're going to have to open up our minds about other forms of social equity. Um, I don't think that you can just tell people that they need to go into some of these community programs. Um, You know, clearly everybody's not wanting to run a cannabis business, nor are they able to or have the skills to. So I think Part of the thing that should be on the table is cash. Those who have been directly impacted by the war on drugs, cash money should be an option. And I know that if only a fraction of Republicans believe that Blacks and Latinos and other people of color are racially profiled, but the reality is that most, if not all drug laws originated in fear and racism of people of color. So we need, cash needs to be on the table because lands lost, jobs lost, families destroyed, that that that's a loss of income so i'm and i'm done yep very very true very 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 true well thank you guys all so much for that we got to pay a quick bill but here we go Flying into LAX and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world? Then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX. Located 8332 Lincoln Boulevard and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in L.A. and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you'd like to get hired nine for 10% off your full order. The thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown the high nine news are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And again, 
we believe in crossfades, not dry Januaries. Hey, oh. I feel like that's the music they're gonna be playing. They're gonna be playing at the at the topless blunt bar. I can see that. I can see that walking into the hotel like that. I can see that. I can dig it. Up next. Hilarious. We've got a guest correspondent who's known to many across the land as the highest host with a background in entertainment and cannabis event hosting. He's also had a love for an affair with Mary Jane that's lasted more than two decades. Before his debut in the industry, he honed his talents and learned from some of the best hosts and interviews in the game while working at CBS Radio 97.1 KLSX. It's no Ian wow. Russell's, but KLSX. Wow. <laughs> Where he co hosted oh, yeah. an on air segment with Tim Conway Jr. and Arsenio Hall, conducted red carpet interviews and hosted the station's new HD channel. Coming to the stage next, and we are very, very, very happy to introduce this man with the beautiful hair. <laughs> America's next pop model. The highest host himself, Adam Hill. Wow. With the, with the real bio intro, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it. Been watching you guys. Congrats on all the success, by the way. So um, my story is coming out of U.S. News and, you know, everyone's starting to smoke. Marijuana linked ER visits by seniors are rising. That's right, dude. Everyone's starting to get high. Uh, new research out of California finds seniors are being treated in the emergency rooms in significantly higher numbers for adverse side effects from cannabis consumptions. Researchers from the University of California, San Diego, let's go, Cali, they said they studied the issues because they noticed more primary care patients ending up in the ER after using marijuana products. While we did expect to see an increase, just given the increase is the use of cannabis by older adults. The sharp increase, especially from 2013 to 2016, did surprise us, said uh, Dr. Benjamin Hogg, who is a... uh, part of the care at UCSC School of Medicine. Uh, while people 65 and up were involved in 366 cannabis-related ER visits in 2005, that number skyrocketed to 12,167 in 2019. That increase was 1,800%. Hell yeah, everyone's getting high. Uh, older patients taking marijuana or related products may have dizziness and falls, heart palpitations, panic attacks, confusion, anxiety, or worsening of underlying lung diseases, such as asthma or COPD, Han said. One relatively rare condition is uh, cannabinoid hypermesis syndrome. We all know that, uh, which has a lot of vomiting. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, Older adults are at higher risk for adverse cannabis reactions, likely due to a combination of greater sensitivity and being unfamiliar with the newer forms of the drug. I don't know why I said drug, but of the drug. Uh, certainly, as we age, there are physiological changes that do make us more sensitive to any psychoactive substance, including cannabis or alcohol. But we do also see older people who are not familiar with cannabis and may unintentionally take more than they wanted to, Han explained. More older Americans are using cannabis since it has been legalized for medical or recreational use in many states. California has has had legal medical marijuana since 1996 and legal recreational cannabis since 2016. Uh, Just last week, a study published in the Journal of JAMA Network Open showed that three out of 10 people said they tried cannabis to treat their pain. And most of these patients reported they would use weed instead of other painkillers. Hell yeah. Uh, Older adults typically use cannabis to treat pain or arthritis, sleep problems, anxiety, and depression, Han said. Uh, It can be challenging to determine whether a person's symptoms are from the cannabis or if they happen to use cannabis and had these unrelated symptoms. Uh, Cannabis can cause a range of potential adverse effects, but this is often difficult to determine. Too much given the range of cannabinoids, dosing ratios, and routes of ingestions. We also are still learning about potential harms of cannabis, including its potential negative impact on existing chronic disease. 
Cannabis use disorder or problematic use is also a concern for people who use cannabis regularly. This is Han is saying this. Our researchers said that past work on alcohol use has shown that older adults are more likely to make behavior changes if the behavior is linked to a medical symptom or outcome they don't want. Linking cannabis to these risky may also help change behavior. Linking cannabis to these risks may also help change behavior. It is possible older adults will answer more frankly if asked specific questions. Researchers suggested uh, providers could then follow up with questions about frequency of use, what a person is using it for, and if they know how much of the drug is contained in what they're using. Providers can then offer patients some guidance. It is very important that clinicians ask and talk about cannabis use with their patients in a non-judgmental manner especially among older populations who are increasingly trying cannabis to treat a range of chronic symptoms, Han said. That being said, weighing the benefits versus the risk of cannabis for older adults can be challenging for clinicians, given the lack of clinical studies. What? Uh, then it goes on, Dr. Vincor is a spokesperson for American College of Emergency Physicians and also has a cannabis consulting practice for both patients and the industry. She said one issue is lack of education and how to use cannabis safely, both for patients and for the physicians treating them, as well as lack of standardizations. Uh, the reasons for an increase in seniors in California emergency rooms could be that they age and are experiencing pain and other health issues. They also remember cannabis from the 60s, but it's not the same, said Vincor, who was not part of, who is now part of the new study, dude. Cannabis ingested orally may also counteract with other medications a patient is taking, something that those working at dispensaries may not have the expertise to offer advice. Anything you take orally goes through your liver, and we have only so many enzymes at a time to break down what comes into the liver, Vin Vinokur said. Uh, Vinokur offers advice to her patients on how and when to take cannabis in terms of other medications and health issues. She said she has seen it make a significant difference for patients under palliative care and were undergoing cancer treatments. If patients are under the guidance of a knowledgeable healthcare clinician, medical cannabis can be absolutely safe for patients. And uh, that's that's basically the story from US News. And, uh, you know, the seniors out here are getting higher because it's available. And why the fuck not? Well, Adam, I thank you. I, th I thank you for bringing the story, but I, I don't think that they're all trying to get higher. <laughs> I think they're trying to replace their pharmaceuticals because they're on an average of five pharmaceuticals, the average one. And I just saw an older veteran the other day was on 24 pharmaceuticals. I mean, Dr. Felicia, do you think some of the issue is, you know, these folks are used to much nicer, easier uh, weed from the 60s, 70s and aren't quite used to the more concentrated forms they're getting nowadays? Well, that that is part of it. That's part of it, Gretchen. But seniors cannot tolerate the levels of cannabinoids that um, a younger person or, or a baby, for that matter, a, a kid. I mean, the, the endocannabinoid system changes as we get older. And so they're very sensitive to cannabis as they get older, as well as uh, they're sensitive to pharmaceuticals. So it's, it's, a, matter, it's, a, it's a, a matter of just the aging process and how they handle things. So it's important for public education, public service announcements ongoing. Um, I've, I've been recommending states need to be doing this a year before they roll out the product about driving under the influence, about edibles, and seniors should probably be added to that list too, that you have to be careful if you're older because it takes very, very small amounts to get the job done. And you can easily um, have side effects or adverse effects uh, taking no regular doses of, of cannabis. Um, so, and, and we need to do a better job of educating the um, physicians. I mean, I know that, it's fairly illegal and all that, but all these professional societies are, are not doing physicians and healthcare providers any any justice with by keeping them in the dark. I mean, they, they need to let know about basic drug herb interactions, if nothing else, an endocannabinoid system. What advice would you give to a senior who's looking to do something simple like pain management? How would you tell them to transition? 
I would I would tell them if they're unfamiliar with cannabis to get try to get under the medical supervision, find a, some medical cannabis physician or a medical cannabis provider that's familiar with not just cannabis, but pharmaceuticals and their physiology and medical conditions. That's what I would recommend. And to start low and go slow, especially seniors need to go start low and go slow. Start low and go slow. Oh, oh, that's get it. That sounds like a yeah. sounds like a love song, Doctor Felicia. All right. Start low. <laughs> Just saying. I feel like I've heard Come Keith Sweat say that yeah. before. I would call it sound advice. Get your head out of the gutter. Of course, of course, you're gonna say it sound like sound advice, Gretchen. Of course. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta get like your head that. out the gutter know. after going low and slow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, this I is, agree. This... I agree with the doctor about going low and slow. A lot of people like to overconsume and they try to go in too much. And like, there's a vast variety of product. There's so many products on the shelf, and that you can get from uh, low dosages to super uh, high potent medicine uh, cannabis. So, you know, you got to figure out what works for you. And, and it's um, really important too, as educators, to talk to people about the fact that it takes time to find your right dosage. Right? It isn't just a one size fits all. Um, what I might need to take uh, to manage a headache would be different than say what Jason has to take. You know, the your own your own body chemistry plays a huge role in your your impact of the way cannabinoids interact with your system. So it's just I to I totally I totally agree. And shout out to all the seniors that are getting and smoking and trying cannabis. If not for the first time, they're coming back to it because it's a good plant. But coming up next, she is a cannabis product extraordinaire, a serial cannapreneur, the owner of Camilla, Canagram, Canamommy.org, and the Woman's Cannabis Cup. And let's not stop there because she's also an edibles judge for the prestigious Emerald Cup competitions, which I think is probably the most hardest category to judge because edibles just gets you so, so faded that's right and mandy loves showing the world how an cannabis motherhood and an executive lifestyle all go hand in hand that's right is none other than the chemo's favorite mandy tingler thank you everybody good morning good morning good morning so today's article comes to us from forbes and everybody has heard of dry January now, but we have a survey that finds that 21% of dry January participants use cannabis instead of alcohol. More than a fifth of adults choosing to avoid alcohol for a month by participating in dry January are replacing booze with marijuana, CBD, and other cannabis products according to the result of a new survey from Civic Science. The poll found that 21% of adults who said they were taking part in dry January this year were turning into cannabis or CBD products while they abstained from drinking this month, more than any other substitutes included in the survey. While about a third, 33%, uh, or more than 900 adults surveyed said that they were not using anything as a substitute for alcohol during dry January, about 60% said that they were either using cannabis, CBD products, non-alcoholic beverages, seltzer slash soda water, or kombucha alternatives to booze. Both non-alcoholic beverages and soda seltzer products were nearly as popular as cannabis and CBD products, with 20% of respondents saying that they were turning to one or the other. Only 6% reported said that their preference was for kombucha. By age group, respondents aged 21 through 24 were the most likely to substitute cannabis for alcohol during dry January, with 34% saying weed is their preferred option. By contrast, 24% of those aged 25 to 34 and 22% of those were 35 to 54 years old said they were opting for cannabis over alcohol, while only 6% of those 55 and up said, the same, said likewise. What is dry January? Well, if the movement to avoid drinking alcohol during the month of January has steadily grown in the popularity since its inception, when dry January was launched by Alcohol Change UK in 2013, about 4,000 people participated, according to information from their group. 
And by 2021, the number climbed to 130,000. Last year, a survey from food and beverage research firm CGA found out that 35% of adults of drinking age in the United States avoided alcohol for the whole month in January of 2022, which is up from only 21% the year before. When asked where they would be more likely to, or, excuse me, when asked where they would be more likely to try non-alcoholic beverages such as a mocktail or beer or wine substitute, 18% of the respondents in the new civic science survey said that they would be more likely to do so at home, while 17% said at a restaurant. Gen Z adults were the most likely to try non-alcoholic or alcohol-free beverage with 36% saying that they were likely to do so at home and 26% opting for sampling non-alcoholic beverage at a restaurant. The past year saw several new iterations of cannabis-infused drinks that can serve as alternatives to alcohol during dry January. In June, Keith Vila, the brewmaster who created the popular Belgian-style wheat ale Blue Moon, announced the launch of a new look for a line of alcohol-free craft beers infused with cannabis from Sierra Brewing Company, the beverage firm he founded with his wife, Jody Vila. In October, Jones Soda Company upped the ante on its line of weed drinks, rolling out a new supersized 16-ounce can of THC version of its popular soft drinks under Mary Jones brand. And in December, California-based Can released its holiday ad campaign that featured a family whose holiday festivities go askew with the influence of traditional holiday alcoholic beverages. You guys, here we go. Cannabis beverage. You know I'm a big fan. What are you guys doing for dry January? This is Mandy with High at Nine. No I, think, I think dry January is just something that's put there to try to make people feel good, but no one really participates, and people just say that they do. Single ball scotch. January started. See, see, Dale. See, that's what I'm talking about, Dale. Exactly. I'm with you on that, bro. I'm with you on that. Crossfade all January. I'm supplementing with bacon. You're supplementing <laughs> with bacon. <laughs> Nicely done. I I like the idea from a marketing standpoint for cannabis beverage, particularly. I mean, I think that if you are a beverage owner in this in this time you really should be taking as much marketing advantage of this campaign as possible um but outside of that i i don't know i'm excited to hear I, that more people are turning to cannabis beverage period um i just hope they don't go back to alcohol I, I, after the months I, over. I agree with you mandy and you know what the first time i actually ever heard of dry january was actually from a cannabis beverage company i'd never heard of it until then marketing yeah. What? So so I'm not I'm not mad at the cannabis companies, the beverage the companies oh, doing you this. Dry January. I mean, Glenn news, Levitt. The only news that because matters, I only Gretchen. watch real news, Gretchen. Oh, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't watch fake <laughs> news. There is no I watch high at night, get all my news here. Thank you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. That's this right. Yeah. Real news. Yeah. Are you covering it on Newsmax. And it is wet Wednesday. <laughs> I thought they called that hump day. Every day, combination of the two. I don't know. Yeah, what What do you think, Adam? What do you think about these these beverages? Are, are they? Do you sip on a canny bevy? I am not a huge edible person, but recently I've been tapping into the cannabis drinks. Um, they are a lot better than they once were. Um, I like how they have the dosages. Some are ten milligrams, some are hundred milligrams, so you can control. Um, they have the little ones where you can just super sip to feel it real quick with the nanotechnology, or you have the uh, slow and low uh, tech that you can do with a bigger drink. So um, I'm starting to tap into the beverages, and I'm for it. We all drink. Everyone drinks. We need to hydrate. Why not hydrate with some terps and some THC? Slurp with terps. Oh, Slurp with terps. Slow and low. Glenn I hydrate with Glenn Levitt. See, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Glenn. I, 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 I'm with you on that, Dale. I, I prefer, I prefer Lagavulin. I call it the nectar of the gods. Yes. Well, the, we, the, hold, hold on one second. We, we, have Nick, we, we, we have, we have Nick Bradley from the clubhouse and from YouTube chat. What do you have to say on this, Nick? So the problem with seniors, the seniors trust their doctors way too much. 
and they don't branch out and, and go to specialists, right? And only 13% of medical schools in this country have cannabis curriculum. So there's not a lot of medical professionals, that, especially medical professionals that have been in the industry for 10 plus years that have knowledge on cannabis medicine. Um, we actually had the Lucille Packard Children's Hospital reach out with a number of 12 or 13 of their um, heads of department and we hosted them at my dispensary with Patty O'Brien, who's a former nurse, and mm -hmm. a couple of my um, Nick, Nick, juvenile Nick. juvenile parents. No, 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 that was the last story, brother. Yeah, Nick, you're a little bit, a little yeah. bit late, late, late to the show that, on this. That was one, last buddy. story. So we got we got to keep keep it moving. We're short. We got uh, yes. we got to get the old story. All right, well, so bring us home. This is a big one. Yes, bringing us home today is a 35-year practicing attorney with 23 years of that in California cannabis. He's also a form, former card-carrying member of Club Fed, rewarded by his country with 52 months of service for doing God's work, cultivation, and intent to distribute to a handful of terminally ill patients. He started off in the biz, co-owner of the California Medical Research Center, and now he's a founding partner at Armada Law Corp. And y'all give it up for everybody's favorite foul-mouthed uncle and the man with more dirty one-liners <laughs> than an EDM free party. Give it up for Dale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good morning, your favorite full of shit attorney. I just wonder, I've got man boobs. Does that count if I go to this place in Las Vegas? I get to show Okay. the nipple. All right. Through the nipple. Yeah. Don't scare the kids. I know. I, I scare them. But anyway, uh, my story comes out of Reuters. Uh, the headline, U.S. Supreme Court lets Meta's WhatsApp pursue Pegasus spyware suit. Holy shit. If this don't get your attention and scare you, I don't know what will. The Supreme Court last week uh, upheld a decision from the Ninth Circuit here in California, which came out of the Bay Area in, in uh, Silicon Valley which um, said that a company, an Israeli tech company, does not get immunity from lawsuit in the United States. And what happened was that this Israeli company called NSO Group, they developed spyware called Pegasus. And in, in 2019, um, WhatsApp detected that this shit was in their system. Okay, we'll talk about it in a minute what it was, but they got a little upset and they notified their... Um, their clients, if you will, which this group got pissed off because, oh, you interfered with our investigation. Well, hang on for a second. You're doing an investigation on our platform. So they sued them. They asked for an injunction to make them stop and damages for what came from this intrusion. Well, <clears throat> this group tried to claim immunity because they're a government operation. And the trial judge in San Francisco said, bullshit, you're not. You don't get it. They didn't like that. They went to the Ninth Circuit. Ninth Circuit said, we agree, it's bullshit. You're not a government entity that gets this sovereign immunity. And the Supreme Court just put the rubber stamp on that and said, no, we have a government statute here in the United States, the Foreign Sovereign Immunities uh, Act, and you're not a government entity. You don't get sovereign immunity. Now, the twist to this is that to say they're not a government entity is to say that United Fruit was not a CIA operative. Just give me a fucking break, okay? This company developed a system of spyware that has been perfected to the degree that it can call your phone. You don't even know it's called your phone. It gets into your system. It deletes that it called your phone, or it can send you a notification. It gets in that way, deletes the notification. So in the middle of the night, they get in your phone. They can take over your phone, and they can control it. They can listen to you in real time. They can see what's on your your camera, they can get into all of your apps. Okay. Now, I, if you're not aware of what Pegasus is, um, there was a, uh, a two-part special just, just was on recently called the Pegasus Project. And they took a deep dive into this. And they found that Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, had his phone infiltrated with his shit. They looked around the world and they found that it wasn't just law enforcement purposes like this company says. We only sell to governments and only to track terrorists and people that are criminals. They found out this Pegasus project found out that political operatives, journalists, people who might be um, opponents to the government were being infiltrated and followed. And a daughter of the leader of Oman, I think, tried to run. 
<clears throat> and they tracked her with this Pegasus, found out where she was captured or brought her back, and she's in custody now. So the thought that this Pegasus is, oh, we're just tracking criminals, bullshit. They're implicated in cutting Khashoggi up, and some of these are Saudi, Saudi Arabian um, family members of the, of the ruling family. So this is Orwellian. And it, when I took a look at this, I went, oh, my God, at least the Supreme Court said, no, you don't get immunity. Now we're going to have a lawsuit and it's going to get discovery and find out who are your clients. They won't tell you the clients are. They monitor everything that they do, but they won't tell you what they're looking at. And they won't tell you that they've cut off people for being criminally using this software. So that's the story. We will follow this as it goes through. And let's what do you guys all have to say? I mean, wow. Pegasus. I'm deleting WhatsApp. So much. Wow. This is all just on WhatsApp. Yeah. And that's not, but WhatsApp found them. But Pegasus is not the only spyware around the world. So they're going, oh, this stuff wasn't us. Well, there's other spyware. It's not some pimple-faced, oily-headed kid in, in the Ukraine in his grandmother's basement trying to hack into this shit. These are governments. If you don't think the Israeli government has a backdoor into this, I got a bridge to sell you. I mean, our, <laughs> our NSA tried to get into every platform in Silicon Valley. They were turned down. They, did, they developed their own backdoors. This is just beginning. Their pants are just now being pulled down. So let's watch. And maybe they'll have yeah, a party like that in Vegas with your pants pulled down by the media. We, what's that, Dr. Felicia? Yeah, I was gonna say I, I deleted my WhatsApp uh, when I heard about how they got to the um, the journalist um, led to his demise. And I have an IT friend who says that pretty much all apps are spying on you. So if you're not at least at the minimum, if you gotta have them on your phone, make sure you have shut off all of their access to you and Siri. Um, you're you're just opening yourself up for who knows what. Oh, wow. Apps. Apps. Watch more high nine. I mean, what do you what do you think, Adam? You're gonna delete WhatsApp app now? I mean, I barely use it. WhatsApp is more for like the <laughs> international family, uh, but I am probably gonna delete it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wish we could just delete social media in real life because yeah. I think everyone will be a lot better, but we can't do oh, that because yeah. it's a necessary evil that we have all welcomed into our life. Mm-hmm. And um I'm deleting WhatsApp. Actually, I'm doing it right now. Thank you. Hold on, we want to see it, Adam. Will we you really? It. Yeah, we want to Show, see it. Video or it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> they've exactly. taken over his phone. They're not going to let him do it. Watch. <laughs> Deny. How about, hey, hey man, like uh, we, need we need to bring back the next tell. There we go. How about that. I mean, no, next next tell was just as just as um, infiltrated as much. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was that was real bad. That was real easy for them to. Just pinging off of towers, just left and right. I mean, even off a uh, off a burner, you cycle out. Yep, yep. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. Oh, does not know. matter at all. Dale, thank you so much for that story, man. That was fascinating. Like my mind is blown. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you do you have any thoughts on this? Anyone else on this? Trying to trap the trappers, man. Mandy, you worried about what's up, app? I'm yes. a little bit worried about what's up, but also. Hmm. I got a lot of action going on there. It's not really business. <laughs> oh, damn. You keep your top damn. on. <laughs> I'm just friends and family, yeah. you guys. It's uh-huh. not uh-huh. It's action. Not spicy. Not spicy. Did you hear what Dale said? Did you hear what Dale so said? Boring. WhatsApp. And then they'll go into your phone and go to your other apps and use your phone as ever they want. Go into your text messages. Go into your emails. They're going to go into your motherfucking... <sighs> Other apps and see all your DMs. Shit. Hold on, but but do but do we know like? Hold hold on. I just want I just want if you're gonna get like a troll Pegasus worker in there and then it's gonna like send people shit from your phone. Mm. Oh, to to people like and like fuck your game up. It's spyware, man. Oh, we're gonna say goodbye to all our friends, Jason. All our friends. Oh man. Oh man. Welcome to the 21st century, guys. I'm gonna start doing all my communication through OnlyFans only. OnlyFans only. Smoke signals. Right. You smoke signals, Rico. Oh, thank you, guys. We got to run this next ad, you guys. <laughs> Let's do it. 
You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. You want to get this, Rico? Yeah. Thank you all, everybody out there tuning in with us for another episode of High at Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation as well. And to our production team, the wonderful Jaja Simone over there holding things down in Clubhouse. House of Fuego, as well, and Cloud Media Partners, always keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. We couldn't pull it together without all you guys. And to the haters, you all have low self-esteem. Get a shrink. Finally, Cannabis Sativa L, you are the sacred reason the Hyatt 9 News team shows up to read these headlines every damn day. Thank you for doing what you do, and we're going to keep doing us as well. It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, and the show is over. You've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least till tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad in the street, signing off. And please remember, when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. Run that shit.